to the latest episode of Nerds Amalgamated. With me, I have the DJ. Hey all. And the professor. Hello. How are we both going? How are we all going? Everyone happy? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although, literally, just as we were starting the recording, the foam pad fell off my headphones, so that's going to be comfortable for the next hour. Ooh. Oh, it's going to cost you. Quick. Mayday, mayday. Man down. <laughs> Nothing worse than having a headphone with a bad earpad thing. Um, I'll apologize off the bat because my voice is going to sound a bit strange tonight because I'm currently fighting off the flu. So, yeah, if I sound rather... I don't know whether it be sexy or congested. You can take your pick. But first up, though, uh, because I'm fighting the flu, I did a bit of research and how cities can affect influenza. So, yeah, I don't know. If, have you guys read this article yet? I haven't. I've uh, me neither. Slack, but the DJ's always slack, so I get uh, I get some <laughs> leeway because the DJ's always worse than I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, it actually talks about how with the, the, the buildup of the city and the population and all that, it talks about how the, it increases the severity of it, of, um, the, the influenza season sort of thing. And, um, yeah, it's all, it's all based in America. So they've got a lot of very high, high built up cities. So yeah, it's. Rather, rather an interesting read when you look at some like smaller cities have a more intense flu season, but it sort of tends to go away a lot quick, easier. Where it's where in a city, it's more accumulated throughout the flu season. So it kind of ha- so in other words, it hangs around a lot more, kind of like a, a farting about it in the glass elevator. So yeah, well, it's fart in any elevator really. Does the material of the elevator have any sort of real measurable effect on the duration? Well, actually, depend if it's depending on the material. Um, if it's a natural material, it can it can, tends to seep away, and you get some of them that have got a, a padded surface. Like I've been in some of the elevators where they've got the padding on the wall for the surface elevator, so you don't damage the walls. It kind of sort absorbs it. Whereas if it's glass or a hard surface, it tends to just bounce it back at you. This is a, Did you learn this during your psych degree? <laughs> um, actually, strangely enough, yes. How many people r- ran away? Um, well, it was, it was a thing we did, and one of the guys that was in my unit was studying um, engineering. So, yeah, we, we had a, a, a good laugh discussion about it. It's because of the fact we had to actually ride in a glass elevator and there was a young lady who was on the elevator as she got off, let her let one rip that was an absolute ripper. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you've never you've never seen so many people getting out of an elevator with tears in their eyes. Some of it was from laughter, some of it was just it was toxic. Uh, well, they've uh, well they've learned the, the elementary physics uh, physics topic of diffusion. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's quite, kind of kind of an interesting topic because we have got the um, end of winter has gone, but we're in the spring flu season at the moment. So take care and just avoid being stuck in crowds. Did the, did the study say which is which is the most affected? Which city is the most affected? 
Um, well, they show a lot of the bits and pieces there. It's for the high prevalence and so forth. Um, I think the same East, East Coast was predominantly more highly affected. Yeah, there's a couple of graphs in the um, in the article. Hmm. It does look like, well, not the East Coast, but sort Venus. of the inland west out to uh, a straight line up through the middle of Texas. Yeah, is that that's is that the um, where's the Rockies in America? Is that on the east side? I think that's further west. That's further west. Yeah, so because it goes to Colorado. Is it, yeah, it's this is where the Colorado American viewers laugh at us. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> at least we know that there's it, that Australia isn't actually part of Europe. <laughs> that is worrying. But uh, yeah, a lot of the like the the heavier incidences are. Um, well, it's on the eastern side of America, or of the United States. Um, so, yeah, I, quite interesting that areas such as Seattle and so forth are lower prevalence. But I guess that's because everyone's used to walking around in cold, wet. I wonder if it's so, so something to do with the, um, the culture of those areas. Because we all know Seattle is full of tech guys. And since they're tech guys, they're not going to go outside anyway. So, and you can't spread disease if you're not outside. So, Good point. Um, a lot of that area is farming area, like Idaho and Ohio and so forth. But it's also, like with Florida and so forth, you've also got a lot of party stuff. But with Florida, you've also got a lot of old people retiring in that area. So that could help drive up some of the, the statistics there. Uh, there's then, you've also got the dreaded aircon. You're walking in and out of um, buildings. So you're out in the hot sun, getting all sweaty and mucky, and then you walk into the cold air conditioning. That always seems to help kick off a flu. Although you might also get places like New York as well, which are really overcrowded at the current state. Well, that's the thing. New York has a fairly low intensity. Yeah, I believe if that's the spot that I'm looking at. Yeah, it's um, it's not a it's not a red zone. It's only I guess you call that just a a, a yellowy green sort of color. Yeah. So here's an interesting fact for you guys. Guess how much did the flu cost um, the economy last year? The American economy. How oh, much? American DJ? economy. Ten point four billion. Ten point wow. four billion. That's more that money than I'll make in my lifetime. Is that ten point four billion dollars or ten point four billion cents? Ten point four billion dollars. Oh, okay. Ten point four billion dollars. That's the cost of flu on the U.S. economy. Oh. Well, folks, you got to take care of yourselves. And I think we should move along to our next topic, which is Professor. You've got some news for us from... Yes, the most important news. Citizen. Uh, you ruined my joke. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about a, a terrible game, that, but fine, Sorry. you ruined it. Sorry. Would you anyway, like to do it again? No, it's all right, Bucky. I forgive you. Okay. Anyway, I uh, want to talk about Star Citizen again, because Citizen CitizenCon happened today and yesterday depending on your time zone. And they had a couple of keynotes about their upcoming games, including a new trailer for Squadron 42, the single-player adventure game. Um, not a point-and-click adventure, 
a more modern one with spaceships and flying around and and a huge celebrity cast, which is where I reckon all the money has gone. I reckon <laughs> they've dumped all that money into hiring Mark Hamill, Gary Oldman, Andy Serkis. Wow. Oh, that... There's dozens of famous people in it. But one, one of the most interesting things here so far is the actual name of the convention, Citizen Con. Quite, quite apt when we're considering the fact we're actually questioning whether it's actually a Ponzi. Hey, you remember how we say that the, the uh, Bucky is old? Yep. He doesn't remember he made that same joke last time we talked about this. <laughs> Did we? Okay. There you go. Shows how much attention I'm paying towards these guys. I just, yeah, I, I don't trust them with because of a lot of the stuff they've done. Sorry. Wow, they even That's got Gillian enough. Anderson. <laughs> yep. And it's Gillian, I believe. That's the way everyone with that name I've ever known has pronounced it. I've always known him as Gillian. Okay. I mean, I know a girl who about, pronounces it Gilligan. Gillian, but goes by Jill. Okay. Maybe she thinks she's Gilligan. The millionaire and his <laughs> wife. <laughs> so, if they, it wasn't that funny. So, with Susan Con, so every, so we, any um, release dates, like actual release dates? Nope. Still no, still the, no word. The key release date is that the um, development version three point three is launching to the test service today, and goes to like goes to the sort of public test servers in a couple of weeks. Okay, so there's actually something you can actually play now. Oh yeah, you've been able to play the the demo versions. And the in-development versions, if you buy into it, for mm. a couple of years now. So there are. It is a playable game. It's just still a long way from being what they want it to be. So with what's happened with the trailer release, has it redeemed the CEO of Star Citizen? Not no. until the game comes out. And as okay. we said last week, there was the um, there was the, all the legal charges that are going on at the moment. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, but no, nah. they, they, they're not redeemed. Yeah, no. I'm just fortunately not yet. Much more intelligent and fun. Um, you've got something else to tell us about. The Doctor Who episode that I watched on Monday. Did you guys get around to seeing it? Not yet. No, not yet, no. Okay, short version, The Doctor's a Woman, if you somehow missed that in the last year. Um, but I'm pretty much sold on her being a woman. The actress I've got, Jodie Whittaker, is fantastic. <laughs> I'm what did I say? You're sold on a woman being a woman. Uh, <laughs> so I'm sorry, but that's a, that's a DJ thing to say. It is. <laughs> it's dropping off on me. Wait, were, you, were, you, were you unsure that she was a woman? <laughs> do, you, do you often find yourself unsure about whether a woman's a woman? Or a man's man. <laughs> well, there is that one time back in the summer of 2012. Okay. Yeah. Is that a band camp moment? <laughs> no, not a band camp moment. I did go camping in 2012, but it's not a band camp moment. Ah, broke back. Oh. <laughs> no, not broke back either. It was a scout camp. <laughs> oh, scout it camp. Wasn't huh? some two cowboys up in the mountains. 
<laughs> I think I think we should just move away from this right now because it, it, you're just digging further and further. Yeah, China's. <laughs> yep. Gonna hey, hey, I'm gonna dig to China, and then I'm gonna have a direct route to go to China for shipping, and I'm gonna like throw a a message through and say China send me this, and then they'll throw it back through, and I will save weeks on shipping. It doesn't take weeks for shipping to China. It does if you pick the free shipping option on AliExpress. That's just because AliExpress stuff's around. I used to get stuff shipped from China, and we would put the order through, and we'd have stuff back two days later. And that, I mean, like a container of gear. Well, where else am I supposed to get six hundred um, resistors for two dollars? Oh, you can get them from China. Just deal direct with someone over there. There's lots of companies you can deal with directly, and they ship a lot quicker. Okay, so we've gone <clears> from <throat> a, um, a geek news podcast to a podcast about manufacturing logistics. Well, no, <laughs> we, we, let's just get back on topic here. <laughs> I want to hear about um, the Doctor Who that told you that she is actually a woman. <laughs> I, 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 I saw the... Um, the moment when she, uh, when Kapati re- regenerated into Jodie Whittaker, and that was a good. Mo- that was a good scene. That was a pretty good scene. I think yeah, she well, had. Oh, oh. Uh, this episode follows on pretty much directly from that. It introduces the Doctor when she falls through the roof, like literally through the roof. Wow. <laughs> and um, I'm trying to describe it without spoiling anything, but she comes through the roof and has a moment right away. Where I thought that's it. She's got what it takes. Okay. It's like she can be the doctor. Not um. Most actors when they most actors when they first start being the doctor takes me a couple of episodes to warm up to them. Mm-hmm. I still haven't completely warmed up to her because damn it, I want Capaldi's angry eyebrows back. <laughs> They're attack eyebrows. See, here's but, the thing. Like, see, Jodie Whittaker. As a doctor, she has big shoes to fill on being the first woman doctor. Like, because everyone's got, everyone has fallen in love with David Tennant, and then when Matt Smith got an award, people were like, eh, okay. And then Kapati fans were still, eh, he was good in some aspects, but not good in others. Well, but Kapati's got to be the most divisive uh, doctor of the uh, revived series. And is it that she's she's got big shoes to fill, or is it? A combination of big shoes and small feet, because women usually have small feet. That's true. And looking at the picture here, she's only got small feet. So I'm just saying she's got big shoes to fill in terms of she whether she can win the fans after Capaldi <laughs> divided the fans. I think the the reactions have been very positive. I was just going to say most of the Hoovians out there that I know aren't actually going to be too troubled by the fact that. It's a lady doctor. The idea might have scared some of them at the start, but a true Hoovian is open to the idea because the whole concept of the Time Lords is the change and all that. And there are, it's also the the non gender bias sort of stuff. So, honestly, I was a little bit scared of it to begin with because I was worried they wouldn't handle it well. Hmm. But so far in this first episode, they've handled it very well. And back when they first announced her, as soon as I remembered uh, Missy, I thought, you know, they can pull this off. Yeah. yeah. The female master. 
The, the yeah. thing you've got to remember, though, is a lot of the guys that are working on this now have grown up with Doctor Who from the original series and all that all the way through. So, oh, yes, I saw um, Neil Gaiman on Twitter the other day taking down someone having a whinge about how anyone who thinks um, Jodie is a good doctor is someone who's only a new fan because she's a woman, not a fan who's been around since the 60s. And Neil Gaiman's just like, you know, my first episode was uh, was an unearthly child. You can read about it in my introduction to the novelization I wrote. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I remember back Doctor Who in black and white when I was a kid. And that uh, really weird uh, intro sequence with the... Uh, almost looks like sand pouring. It was... Yeah. It, but the whole, the whole concept... Like, when you consider the time it was from and everything like that, it, it was so much fun. It was better than pretty much everything else on TV. Like, you had shows like that and uh, The Land That Time Forgot, The Land of the Giants and stuff like that. There were some amazing TV shows where the special effects people actually had to create things. So it wasn't all CGI. Yeah. The uh, Sound of the TARDIS was originally from keys being dragged along piano strings. Yes. I think and... I actually posted a video on our Facebook page. It's got the guy who actually did that was involved in making a lot of the sound effects. Okay. Speaking of uh, old Doctor Who sound effects, how was the name? Delia Derbyshire, who did the original music. Mm-hmm. They've tracked down like original copies of her theme song, and that's what... um. The current one is based off. Uh, good to see they're going back to the original stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, those guys in the BBC Sound Studios, so the, the men and women there, they had some of the most amazing stuff that they were just pulling out. And you've got to wonder how they came up with the ideas, but you got to love what they did. I've always thought Foldy Sound is um, a, must be a really fun job. you just got to have all these ideas of what sort of sound make the right mood for what you want. So you can have like two bits of fruit going, uh, like tapping on the ground for footsteps or, Mm -hmm. um, a, a piece of like steel vent being pulled out of its wrapper for a sword being unsheathed. Yes. Um, just, just a a link in the show notes where there's actually a, a YouTube video with one of the guys who was part of the original sound team for Doctor Who playing the original, all the original theme song and all the voice overlays and so forth that they did and all the bits and pieces that were happening. Who was your favourite villain in the Doctor Who franchise overall? It's uh, a tough one. It's been a lot of good ones. I've got to say the Daleks are always fun. So iconic. It's like people aren't going to know what something out of Babylon 5 or Blake 7 is, but everyone knows what a Dalek is. Yeah, yeah it's, it's one of the most synonymous things. Like you say Doctor Who, people know Daleks. And it was, it's one of those, they're one of the recurring characters that's always fun to watch. But there have been um, others, like there's the Cybermen and the, uh, the Master. Well, yeah, Missy's probably my favorite villain of the last couple of years because she um she does the masters so well mm-hmm. but there's also actually like... the the finale of uh last season 
where they had um, Michelle Gomez and John Sim together as the master and Missy. Mm-hmm. You were going to say something, Buck? Ah, there was um, one of the episodes. Um, I can't remember the name of the doctor, but it was the blonde doctor um, that followed Tom Baker. The sixth. Um, oh, sorry. The fifth one. Um, Peter Davidson. And now they're in a, like a, an English seaside town with a bus. And I can't remember all the details, but like that was that was fun. Like I can't remember the, who the bad guys were, but yeah, that that whole because that was like four or five episodes, and that was just so much fun. So fifth Doctor, who are the? Let's see. I mean, when... there's been a lot of Doctor Who episodes at the beach. I suppose yeah. when you can go was, anywhere. Um, Set in the nineteen the beach it was like the nineteen fifties or nineteen sixties. Uh, eighties. That was his tenure. No. The, yeah, but the episode, it's a show about time travel. It doesn't have to be set in the year the Doctor was the Doctor. The, okay. Yeah, the episodes were set for this book. Was this particular episode were set in the 1950s or something, the rock and roll era? Oh, right, right. I was talking more like, was it shown than stuff? Yeah. Um, when was it? Have they announced the, who's the uh, um, new Doctor's companion? Yeah. She picked up three of them in the first episode. Oh, nice. Nice. It's an uh, ensemble cast this time. Huh. And they're all pretty good so far. We've got a sort of skeptic guy. Like, when um when the Doctor says, that's an alien, he's like, no such thing as aliens. And there's a <laughs> 19-year-old guy with uh, dyspraxia. Mm-hmm. His policewoman friend. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And, um, yeah, that's all the ones who are going on to the next episode. Okay. I might, I, I might check this out sometime soon. But you last long, like, because the last few Doctors, they haven't lasted that long, haven't they? Does four or five years not count as long? Who? Does four or five years not count as long? Oh, I was thinking more like uh, more than five years, actually. I most the most doctors don't last five years. Because how long Tennant was wasn't that was was pretty long, wasn't he? Five, oh uh, yeah, it was five years. Because who was the longest that had? Who was the longest tenure? Um, you know, I've got a list here. Tom I Baker. I think yeah, Tom Baker at six years and eight months. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. They're already counting. Um, I suppose she she had her first scene last year, but they're already counting. Uh. Jodie Whittaker at nine months in um, in the list of actors who have played the Doctor uh, page on Wikipedia. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, man. Although, um, technically, um, Paul McGowan is the longest-serving Doctor. Yep. So, yeah, but that's... Um, 96 2005. Um, was it 2005? No, last year he appeared in 2013 or something, didn't he? Oh yeah, 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 yeah the Night of the uh, Doctor, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a short. It was which a is, very, very short episode. Which well, is it was the, a short episode. That the was technicality. 
It was a mini yeah. episode they did leading up to the the fiftieth. Yeah, yeah. And that was the, that's the technicality that got him the longest. Yeah, but otherwise, to, um, Tom Baker explain his regeneration into the War Doctor. Mm-hmm. Technically, though, I think Matt Smith is the longest lived Doctor because he had a couple of times where he just sat around for a couple of centuries. Yeah. Yeah, I liked the, I, I liked the War Doctor. He was he was great. He was great in that in that special. Yeah. Oh, but, Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, John Hurt is no longer with us. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever seen John Hurt yeah. in something that he wasn't good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm guessing DJ, you've never seen the first Doctor. No, Uh saw snippets of it, but not. Uh, the the only the only tr- thing I saw from on the first Doctor was that iconic line. Um, he's uh, it goes a lot. It goes something like this: um, He's a devoid of um, sadness, uh, gr- anger, and stuff. Have you have you have no feelings at all, or something like that? Is he breaking up really badly for you too, Bucky? Yeah. Say it again, DJ. Um, I remember the f- the only thing I remembered from the first Doctor was um, his. There was some iconic quote saying about how teacher had no feeling, and his lines and his question was, "Have you have no feeling at all, sir?" or something like that, something to that line. Okay, most iconic quote for the first Doctor for me is when he he leaves Susan behind on Earth, and he says, "No tears now. I will come back. Yes, one day I will come back." Yeah, and he never did. <laughs> Eventually, she went back to Gallifrey and died in the Time War. Oh, it was from Anyhow, the- oh. um, I suppose we should probably move on, otherwise people think this is just another Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> is that a problem? No, I just don't want to steal the thunder from all those that are so passionate about it, especially when we're trying to educate the DJ about who Doctor Who is, really. That's what we should do. We should do a Doctor Who podcast where every week we watch one uh, story and then make the DJ watch it so that he gets an education. I started really watching it after when the David Tennant during the David Tennant era. I haven't seen any of the yeah, but back to the first episode, the very first, <laughs> yes, the very first. All you can actually 16 buy, days or whatever it is of footage. You can actually buy the 50 year Doctor Who set for $109 on Fish Pond. Oh, good to know. Ah, uh, he, here's that. Ah, <laughs> uh, here's the. Uh, We've lost the professor. He's gone to fish. Hold, the bar. <laughs> hold. I think he's uh, his way of saying, "Hold my beer. I'm going to buy it right now." Um. So he, uh, here's the quote that I got from the. That I remembered from the first Doctor. Emotions, love, pride, hate, fear. Have you no? Have you no emotions, sir? Hmm. That's the only line I remembered from the Doctor, and that was the cyber. Um, that was from the Cybermen era. Okay. Um, yeah. I think the professor right now, he's just looking at his phone, getting <laughs> downloading the app and buying it right now. Nah, I want a more hard copy. Well, I want is. a big TARDIS-shaped bookshelf. <laughs> well, this is the hard copy. This is the DVD box set. Oh, nice. <sighs> so anyway, I think you were trying to push us on to the next thing, weren't you, Bucky? I, I was trying to suggest that, but the DJ decided he was going to Host of the program this week. Um, uh, actually, you were the host, weren't you, um, Buck? Well, that's what I thought, but you kind of took over, so just waiting for you to either continue or shut up and let us move on. 
Go for it. Okay. You sure? Okay. I'm sure. Okay. Well, then, um, the next topic is with you anyway, so you can keep talking. Just go talk about something different. <laughs> so I've got some unfortunate news for Attack on Titans fans, and that is it's on hiatus. A three-week hiatus, sadly. Okay, why is it on hiatus? Well, from what I've gathered, um, according to, to certain Reddit posts, they were saying that um, uh, they hope to see more. They're saying, as previously confirmed, there is a 100% no SNK broadcast for the early mornings of 10th or 15th and 10th, 29th, or in other NHK slots during the weeks after the 10th, 10th of the 8th broadcast. So... Any other time, uh, earlier, any earlier time, anyhow, considering the maturity of the content a fan wrote. So, I know they have the, the TV companies haven't said anything like why they're doing this whole break. Because why not? They want to go on holiday. Well, yeah, saying that um, no studios haven't said anything about the scheduling gap, but fans feel confident it's heading through a long hiatus. So, so at, at most, it's three weeks. But here's the thing. They did this hiatus for, which was during September, and that was during um, an earthquake that happened. A no, yeah. just... your signal was really terrible, DJ. I was just ah, going to say, sure I you're not downloading I your conversation. No, I'm not downloading it. I'm not doing anything. Yeah, so they were saying that, um, yeah, there was, due to September, the uh, anime was, do- was delaying it, delaying the episode one one episode by a week so felt weird after one episode days after a typhoon you would think like yeah we can bring back the animal like it's pretty weird no, yeah you're awful dj uh, okay well publish this we're gonna cut all that cut it all <laughs> all right so you guys want to go ahead guys you guys go ahead head to the games then don't worry about my topic then Okay, you go check your internet. We'll head to the game. Okay, cool. All right. Or something, whatever Bucky wants to do, because he's hosting. Okay. And he's- Yay. No, no, he's back. And he's back. No, he's back, but he's not talking. I can live with that. Okay, so what game have you been playing this week, Professor? They are billions. It's a zombie survival RTS. Okay. You start off with a command center and a couple of soldiers, and you have to build a city that... Uh, stands up to zombie hordes. It's Sounds true. interesting. And every update, I think, can't possibly get any worse. But no, they had something new. The most recent update has giant zombies who are basically indestructible. Wow. So it's a fun titan, Just but zombies. Yeah, kind of. That's weeby. <laughs> but there have been certain zombie games with that. With with that, There are certain zombie games with they've done that same formula, though, haven't they? I don't know. What are you talking about? Well, uh, what was that one game that I've. Uh, wasn't Fortnite. It was some. Hang on a second. You talk about Fortnite for everything. Everything is Fortnite. You've never played Fortnite. No, this isn't a tower defense or anything, DJ. This is a full on RTS game. Hang on, hang on. DJ, do you know what RTS means? Real time, real time strategy. Okay, just making sure. Okay, so. Pardon? I was just making sure. Okay. Anyhow. Yep. So anything exciting there with it, Professor, that 
like any like real standout things that make it a lot more fun than most of the other zombie games out there. How terrifying it is when the horde comes and starts bashing down your walls. Okay, because I'm just looking at some of the pictures of this, and because there's also um, another game out there called Last Shelter where you build your shelter and you can actually do it like as part of a team and all that. Okay. I'll just look that up and see what it looks like because that sounds fun. You built, yeah, it's... Okay, yeah, it's more uh, straight-up tower defense. And it's a mobile game. Yeah. This is looking really, really cool. Although with some of the graphics, it does actually... It is kind of reminiscent of Attack on Titan. Um, They are billions or the last shelter? Um, They are billions. Yeah, it's It's very very anime. Yeah. Very very anime sort of themed graphics. Fair enough. Which isn't a bad thing, most people. There's more people in the world who like anime than don't. Yeah, assuming you only take people who actually know about anime. Yes. Now, see, since you're back, DJ, did you want to finish? Have you got any more information about Attack on Titan? Uh, no information. Sorry. Okay. So what game have you been playing this week? I'm playing um, Path of Exile, actually. That was the same one as last week, isn't it? Yeah, it was the same one last week, but I, I just... It's just too addictive. It's just so addictive that game, even with all that, sl- even with so many gems and so much loot, it's just mm-hmm. too addictive. The, my okay. my, I was supposed to say something about the last time. My biggest gripe with Path of Exile is the huge tech tree. Okay, and why have you got so a huge? With that? Yeah, it's just trying to figure out like, oh fuck. Shimmy's dying of the flu. Just keep talking. Oh, yeah, it's just this te- the tech tree just is pretty huge and it it's just it just looks daunting, that's all. Okay. Yeah, there there are video videos on YouTube that show you ways to upgrade your character for specific results where people have actually sat down and analyzed it for you. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get that. But But what? Uh like do I want to sit down and just watch the video and then try and copy it and it's just Trying to multitask it, it's, it, multitasking is just kind of daunting at times. But that's but that's just me. Well, that's what Alt Tab is for. But yeah. yeah, if you're if you're concerned about it, then that's okay. That's everyone's allowed to be scared of things. <laughs> um, I've just been playing in Skyrim again, killing dragons, leveling up. So nothing majorly there. So you're still that's doing the. Uh, so you still do um so you're still not playing the uh, DLC? Not yet, no. Which DLC have you got so far? None. Okay. Like I've just got Skyrim. The original. I think I'm I'm considering getting some DLC, but yeah, at the moment I'm just having fun leveling my character up and running around and doing all the different missions. <laughs> you gonna try any of the Skyrim mods? Maybe. Anyway. Um, move on to famous birthdays, I guess, or have we got something else to we need to bring up at all? Um, mm. no, I think that's everything. The show notes, so yeah, yeah, just yeah. making sure there was no breaking news or anything. No, no, nothing. no. Okay, um, famous birthdays in ninth of October, eighteen twenty-three. Marianne Shadcarry, an American Canadian publisher and anti-slavery campaigner. And the first African American newspaper publisher was born in Washington, Delaware. So 
quite a uh Wilmington. Wilmington, sorry. Um quite quite a huge accomplishment for that particular lady given the time. So yeah, lots of respect for her. Um ninth of October eighteen fifty two we have um Emil Fischer, a German chemist, discovered Fischer esterification. He won his I'm pretty sure I've stuffed up the pronunciation. Won the Nobel Peace Nobel Prize in nineteen oh two was born in I'm not even gonna try and say that one. But yeah. Happy birthday to him. Um 9th of October, 1940, John Lennon, singer-songwriter, peace activist, downfall of the Beatles, when he hooked up with that horrible, horrible lady. <laughs> and if you say her name, I'm going to beat you, DJ, so don't even think about it. Hey, I'm with you on this one, man. <laughs> I'm with you on this one. Um, 9th of October, 1952, Sharon Osbourne was born, and the world's never been the same since. She, she's kind of like the, the English version of the Kardashians, isn't she? Or she has more of a claim to fame just because she's married to Ozzy Osbourne. He, strangely enough, is still more intelligent than the Kardashian family. Yes, yeah, even though we can't tell the difference between a real bat and a fake bat. Well, if you take as many drugs as he had, I'd like to see you do the same. <laughs> Which actually raises a question of how, how much of an intelligent genius would he have been if he did do the drugs? Yeah, but we will never know until we develop cloning. 9th of October, 1966, David Cameron, um, who was the PM, was born. Not sure how he managed to sneak in there. Politicians, they're cropping up everywhere. Can't get rid of them. Um, <laughs> events of interest. Um, this week, 1547, Miguel de Cervantes is baptised. The author of, of Don Quixote. I was just going to say, for those of you who are wondering who Miguel de Cervantes was, some some interesting reading for you to go and have a look at. Um, also this week, we had Benjamin Banneker, an African-American astronomer, mathematician, and the surveyor of Washington, D.C., dies at age 74. Interesting fact about Banneker, as soon as he died, most of his notes were all destroyed. <laughs> Uh, and only only thing that was left was his diary, and that was it. Why was that? Uh, give me a second. Oh, okay, I thought you had it was a conspiracy thing that you were going to drop on us. Unfortunately, no, 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 not. No. not even the penguins could be that dastardly. Oh, I wouldn't put it past the penguins. <laughs> They're sneaky, the, sneaky little devils. Or, or, or the ping, or the dolphins. Yeah. Mm. Um, nineteen thirty-six. Hoover Dam begins transmitting electricity to LA. So was was that actually a relation of yours, Professor? Ah, uh, I honestly don't know. The Hoover name is prestigious and no one around the world. Quite interesting. The, the Hoover responsible for Hoover Dam, well, who it's named after, happened to live in Australia for a few years as well. Yeah, so it could be related. One, one lonely night, somewhere, somewhere along the line. Um... 1941, U.S. President Franklin D. Roosevelt approves an atomic program, the beginning of the Manhattan Project. 1967, Che Guevara was executed, which is a shame because he was actually he was one of the really good blokes who was fighting for equality. Um, 1974, Oscar Schindler from Schindler's List died. 
and he's the only Nazi buried at, um, I can't remember the name of the exact place where he's buried now. Um, just trying to look it up here. No, it doesn't say. Um, yeah, I think it's in Mount Zion or something like that in Israel. Yeah, in Jerusalem on Mount Zion. Yeah, yeah. Only only Nazi actually buried there, and still beloved by many people. Um, nineteen seventy-five Soviet dissident Andrei Sakharov wins the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, interesting thing there is he was the father of the Russian atomic program. Eighteen eighty-one, we have Darwin's work on mold and worms is published. Which he thought, thought that was actually, better. Yeah, he thought so, it was much better than um, the theory of evolution. Yeah, don't really see too many people out there talking about the mold and worms. No, and his uh, theory on evolution has been a far more impactful uh, book. Mm-hmm. I've got a copy of it on my bookshelf right now. I don't have a copy of Darwin's Mold and Worms. You let me defy that. Get an autograph copy. Um. 1991, first instance of someone going postal is recorded. Was it only in 1991 that they started recording it as going postal? It's one of the first incidents that led to it being called going postal. Okay. Where a very mentally ill um, American postal worker lost his job, bought a samurai sword and some grenades and guns, and then went on a couple of killing sprees, killing people he thought had wronged him, including his former co-workers. So just out of curiosity, because this sort of thing is always blamed on computer games by the retards who don't know what they're talking about, what computer games did he play? Well, obviously he was a time traveller, and he was inspired by the computer game Postal. Okay. Because, as everyone knows, it's always the computer game. Yep. Anyway... I think that's it for another week. So, unless there's any other breaking news anyone wants to bring up? No. I've got nothing. No. Nothing. I've got nothing. Alrighty. There is no news. Which is which is good news. Anyway, it's, I suppose, oh, yeah, we are on Spotify, <laughs> um, Stitcher, and iTunes, and it's the only pod, podcast releases. Um, we, ha- we will have a video coming up on YouTube for as part of our Halloween preparation special. Um, yes, as soon as I finish editing four hours. Yes, <laughs> it was an epic game and a lot of fun. Oh. And I just want to say, oh, go, yeah. go Doug. Everyone <laughs> needs to be on team Doug. Doug the hero. He was. A All hail the Doug. <laughs> um, our Twitter account is? Come on, Twitter. Uh, an, at an amalgamated. And our email address? Uh, nerds.amalgamated at gmail.com. Okay. And is there any of our fellow podcasts that I have want to give a shout out to this week, Professor? You normally I have haven't a had a chance to slip in any terrible puns this week. Although you did quite well before without even intending to. Yes. Uh, Although we do. Um, kind of... Who should we shout out this week? I don't know. We'll just say that's not canon production. See if there's any. Yes. We'll, we'll all of them because there are a lot of us now. And it's all fun. Um, <laughs> actually, we'll give a, a shout out to my, my song sucks. Yes, it's a good one. Guys, don't know if you guys have actually listened to any of their stuff, but it is funny. 
I've listened and to one episode and I should take the time to listen to more. Yeah. Alrighty, so it's so long from me. I'll see you next week. See you guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.